Some Are you wearing gel? No. Really? Let me just tell you. You know what? That's not how I wanted to start. Too late to go. What? I haven't showered in 36 hours. Oh, my God. The water's turned off in my building. <gasps> apartments, not my apartment, but someone's apartment's flooding. And my dog's bleeding out of his fucking asshole, having to go outside every two hours. And that's where I'm at right now. Welcome to the downside. Uh, you just heard... My co-host complained that his dog is bleeding out his asshole. Yeah. New dog or the old dog? New one. Old one's fine. What do you... I think just diarrhea, but like... uh, We took him to the vet today, but uh, he's fine. Like they gave him him some stuff uh, to help it. Um, But it's like when you have an open wound that just keeps... Because you're shitting every two hours. Your your bloody asshole (laughs) is just getting ripped open. So he keeps pooping and it's hurting you know um and but he's just just liquid just coming out squirting out so he last night or no two nights ago he like we woke like he's usually like every eight or nine hours you know like uh-huh. two, it's like three or four times a day we take him out um and he pooped in the crate in the middle of the night and it's one of those things you just wake up with that smell you know and so then you gotta fix it all and and but then the poops went from regular soft poops to just squirting blood. So this is my co-host, Russell, <laughs> uh, Modi. Just... Uh, we're here with stand-up comedian, Modi. How are you doing, Modi? I'm a little nauseous, to be honest. Yeah. Well, normally, you're the one who's nauseous. I'm frankly surprised you're talking well, so. I'm, I'm over. I've overexposed. I've, you know, I've just been living with it. So, wow. yeah. Um, well, <sighs> well, thank you so for being miserable. here. If we're I, doing it, what kind of a dog is this? Just so he's I'm, a pit bull. A pit bull. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. And how big is your apartment? You know, we don't got to get into it. Um, okay. It's bigger than this. Uh, but, okay. But not, oh, well, I'm not, you don't live here. I'm just saying like, sure. Uh, it's not much bigger than this. I mean, how many days would this have to go on before you put him down? <laughs> no, no. He's, uh, we, it was going on a day. We were like, hopefully this will resolve itself and it didn't resolve itself today. So we took him to the vet. Uh, they said he's fine. It's just, you know, it's a thing in the butt and you know. Yeah. Yeah. And they gave him medic like a probiotic or no, to, uh, what do you call it? Well, the, you know, it's this yeah, probiotic, like they gave him no, a smoothie. No, 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 no. What's the word I'm yogurt? trying to come up with? You know, like a, like a penicillin antibiotic. Antibiotic. Okay. Great, great, great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a okay. big difference. Yeah. 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 No. Uh, well, you missed our episode. We had a live episode with, with a vet, mm. Dr. Lisa Lippman, and she would, uh, she would have had all sorts of ideas. You don't have pets. No, I don't. I don't no. have pets. I live in New York city. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's, it's inhumane it's, to have a pet in New York no, City, let alone two. Okay, all to right. Russell, oh, what an original take. <laughs> oh, um, uh, welcome to the downside. This is a place where we we complain, we we get negative, where we let people talk about the things that bother them. They don't have to be grateful. They don't have to be thankful. They they can really let loose. They they anything they want. We're not going to judge them. And uh, thank you for being here. If, if you're a fan of the show, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash downside. I have a thing at the end. Remind me for the patrons. Okay. It's a new idea I have. Okay. But I'm so happy to be here. Listen, people tell all the time. They say, this show, it's very Jewish. Can we tone down the Jewishness? Do they say that? And I said, after this guest, you got it. <laughs> so we brought Modi here. Modi. Yes. Thank you for being on the downside. My pleasure. My pleasure. Anything bothering you right now? You're po- you're po- you're like a positive I'm guy. very positive. Very positive. Well, d- d- you know, l- l- let let the other side out. Let it go. What the downside? Oh yeah. 
I don't I don't have a I don't, what's negative? I mean What's negative? Um I I don't uh I don't have any any negative What's bothering you? What's the last time you got mad? What's the last thing you got annoyed at? I will tell you. I will tell you. Thank you. There's a family that lives next door to us. Uh-huh. I live in I live a few blocks away, but like in a real building. Um okay. and uh <laughs> Not in this cage, um, and uh, we have a we have an apartment that we combined. It's a big, beautiful apartment. And next to us, I share a wall with this family in a three bedroom apartment, um, and they have a dog, a little toy um, doodle, a toy poodle, yeah. poodle doodle. What do we? Call it? But a toy. It's, yeah. it's this big. The whole thing. It's like a little rat. Yeah, and it barks and squeaks. They've the little ones, they bark all the time. It's the most insane thing. So we, it's, we've been, and I've, I've been, you know, first we used to knock on the door, knock on the, on the wall. And then uh, they would uh, scream that we're knocking on the, on the, and we'd knock even more. And then one time I even took a speaker and put like a, um, a, a crazy loud barking dog and put it against their oh my wall. God. Wow. And then, but now we're going through the building and all kinds of stuff. But I, I. Wait, hold up. So you, you got, <clears throat> you'd like pulled up YouTube video of dog barks? Yep, exactly. On a big Sono speaker and put it against their wall. Now they're home when the they're, dog's barking and they're not, they're doing, home they're not intervening. When it's, when it's, when they're home. So from what we've d- detected, um, uh, detective work, whatever you want, it's not yeah. detected. They have a son. Who has a girlfriend, and I think it's her dog. And sometimes they leave it there, and sometimes they. And this is a dog that needs to be on someone's, like a rich woman on Fifth Avenue in her lap the whole day. There's not a, a Chanel dog you bag. Can leave, right. You yeah. can't leave this dog alone. It's going crazy. And when they do leave it alone, it, it, the barking and the screeching yeah. is insane. And then when they're in the house and they're not giving it full attention, it's going crazy so it's just uh but i have like at moments where i want to get the speaker and make the noise i've been holding back i i've been yeah you're holding it right up to the wall i mean you just put it in there you're leaving the house no 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 no. we put it against the wall they go you can we can hear them in there going crazy because of it what do they they, say do they know it's fake they obviously know it's fake um we call the security we do we do all we have to do to get set to contact a lawyer for the whole situation. Oh have so you talked have, to them in person? We have. It doesn't work. Uh, they. What's your tactic? Are you charming, so Modi? I, are you? No. Uh, we. This is not okay. Uh, this is not okay. <laughs> this is. Um, if it is an emotional support, though, you're you're making my emotions sure. insane. You're making me crazy, and you don't have the right to. You don't have the right to uh, downgrade somebody's quality of life. This yes. way, you can't decide. I'm now going to bring noise into these people's lives that were uh, that I live next to. Yes, this isn't the Hamptons. You can't just like get a dog and and it's barking and and you're not alone. Well, and it's different if it was like there's an effort on their part to stop it and to curb the behavior. They don't to, want to hear it either, yeah. but they 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 but can't just deal with it. it go on. Yeah, they can't. Yeah, and we, we've got the dogs on the floor. We love yeah. Chester. I love him every time I see him. I hug him and have a great day, but this is absolutely insanity. I have a neighbor that doesn't know that their, do- their dog doesn't bark when they're home. 
and it will bark like if it hears our dogs in the hall getting off the elevator and then it'll bark for like 10 minutes or yep. so and yep. they don't know is yeah, there yeah. any part of you so we, no way we, we had that downstairs for a minute yeah underneath us and we left some signs your dog is losing it when you're not home mm-hmm. absolutely losing it when you're not home yeah it's torture to the animal it's what's good about my Luckily building though out. is that when we're in our apartment something with the sound you can't hear it as much it's in the hall. It sounds like it's so loud. Yeah. But then when you close our door, it's not that noticeable. And we don't share a wall with anyone. So Do you ever wonder now that maybe they just have a Sonos speaker and they're just trying to fuck with you to get no, back? No, I can tell. They For your the, bloody they dog's asshole on, on leaving a, nice, a trail in the hallway. No, no, no. It didn't lead in the asshole. Or in the hallway. <laughs> um, uh, but they leave it on the balcony sometimes on nice days. Mm. And that's when you can, if our windows are open, it bar- it like stares into our window and like barks at us. Wow. So. Yeah, it just seems like tough to have a dog in New York City. Yeah. It really isn't. But it would be tough for you. And, and how but about a lot of things? Are and tough how about? Hold on, hold on. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we had on my podcast. We had Eric Botcher, the uh, city um, city council assemblyman, whatever, uh, for a certain part of the city. Yeah, Chelsea, Flatiron, whatever. He's like a the city, like for that area. And he said one of the biggest problems in New York City right now is the dog shit. Mm. It's in, mm. Do you pick up your dog shit? I don't, um, yeah, of course. Okay. Of course. I don't know if a city council member should be saying that that's one of the biggest problems. No, no, no. <laughs> he absolutely. That, there the was rats, a man who was just choked to death on the subway. I'm just saying this guy has his eyes in the wrong place. The rats. Right now. No, it's a, it's a quality of life again. Yeah, I'm sure. You know what? I went, sure. But the worst problem in New York City. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's a problem. I, I agree. It's a problem. I just wouldn't put it in the top Number five seven. things that we're, we're dealing with in the city. I, I got know. here early to your, uh, to, and I just said, you know, I'm, I'm doing a walk around the, 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 the block and I went down to, um, the one after this, which was a Suffolk, Norfolk, whatever the one where the where the 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 basketball stuff is, yeah. And I walked, I made that left, and the entire entire sidewalk is dog do. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe we're wrong. It's, number one, problem. it's a big big <laughs> yeah. problem. It's you a, take care I didn't of the dog poop, one. everything else goes away. Yeah, you said yeah, the yeah. rats were above the dog poo, but the dog poo what, is a the, situation. What's going on with the rats? I don't know. The rats are uh, the rats. What do you is, mean? What's uh, going on with the rats? The city is filled I'll be with honest, them. I don't see them that often. I see them. Oh, uh, that's because he's way he's way. Up. I think if I see ten rats a week, that's not very much. Oh, I see ten rats on the walk home from the cellar. Okay, they, they scurry in front of me. <laughs> have you ever had a Have you ever had a rat hit your leg? No. Oh, once, like a big piece of it's like a big flesh hitting your leg. Like, yep. oh, yeah. it's, in flip flops oh. once. Yeah, oh, no flip flops. We wear flip flops for. Well, listen, man. <laughs> what are you wearing flip flops in New York City? Because I had to take my goddamn dog out <laughs> late at night, and I just want to do it quickly. That's why. In flip flops. I didn't know. What if you a step on a needle? What if you step on a needle? No, I don't. I don't. It's not that crazy. I live in a pretty resident. Like it's like pretty uh, way uptown. Way uptown. Oh, okay. It's not like a, it's it's there's it's not like that. It's right. By, there's by no crackheads uptown. No, there is. But right. It's not so there's like, no needles on the floor. Ew. 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 This is the downside. To the downside. The downside. With John Marco We're here. Russell Spicy today. I'm spicy. I know, I <laughs> know it's been you, you spent a lot of today picketing against the writers guild. Yeah, yeah. Telling yeah, them yeah. to get back to I work. Was a guy. To keep <laughs> your shows going. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? I'm not following. What's going on? 
Uh, there's a strike. I know, I know. John uh, Mulaney posted his whole. Did you see what he posted? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, basically, I love that he. John Mulaney was. I'm first and foremost a writer. Yeah, you're first and foremost a millionaire. You're just you're making <laughs> crazy money. Your cocaine problem. It's into. They must have paid him how much for that that special? Okay, so I'm sure if, he already if had Eddie Murphy, north of Eddie Murphy got mil. seventy million. Ah! I mean. And he hasn't even released this yet. Wow. Uh, oh, he has a new one. I would say 22 million. Apparently. I don't think he's ever going to do it. 22? Probably 22. I don't... Yeah, I probably. At least. I wonder what Chris Rock got. I, I'm, I'm looking at myself in your camera. I look like a hostage. Is this is this, this lighting and this and the white pants? And what's my background? Oh my we'll fix God. it. We'll, 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 fix we'll it. zoom in. We'll, we'll zoom uh, in. Yeah. We'll do me a favor. I look like literally... <laughs> I'm like, I'll say these lights. I am. I am being fed yeah. and medical attention. Tell them to join the Patreon. It will yeah. kill you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I, Modi, I have so much I want to talk to you about. So I do want to. I want to complain about something so on my do own. Do it. I, it's, honestly, it's for advice uh, uh, about my father. Okay. My father. So he has not flown since uh, uh, him and my mother divorced. Wait. When? Wow. He's never flown. Doesn't fly. Where does he go? He, he, when I was at University of Miami in Florida, he would drive down there. From where? From Maryland. Wow. Drove, drove back. So you're talking about 20, 20 years? And again, I told you earlier before the podcast, I can't drive. So we got back from college when he drove me home. He, bad circulation or something, his, he took his foot. He showed me his foot. I mean, it looked like it looked like he could die. It was huge. It was misshapen. It looked like, the, I was like, let's take it off. It was horrible. Oh, my God. And then he was like mad at me because I never learned how to drive. But really, that was his fault for coddling me as a boy. But he, he so I talked to him because I, 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 my father and I, we have, we have trouble connecting. And part of me is like, you know, you got to learn how to fly. So come do a gig with me. You know, he wants to visit. I'm never here any weekend. I say, you know what? You fly. Let's fly. Let's do something together. Be a part of my life. And uh, basically his whole backstory is this. He flew, normal, flying. He said he dated uh, a woman in college who was in almost in a midair collision. The plane dipped. And so this, this woman he dated, he said a nice Jewish uh, lady, she like uh, was in a hospital after and started breaking out and had anxiety and it was awful. So that planted the seed of stress of flying in him. Okay. When my dad was 21, I think 21, he had a friend who he grew up with. They were in like a gang together in Chicago who died in a motorcycle accident. And my dad apparently was about to get on the plane to go to his funeral. He's 21, 22. And suddenly he had this fear of the plane crashing. And, and he was so scared he didn't get on the plane and he didn't go to his friend's funeral. But the plane didn't crash, did it? The funeral, it was September 11th, 2000. No, it didn't crash. <laughs> it didn't crash. <laughs> okay. And, but it was like a big, it was, I think it was a big, I imagine a lot of shame not going to the funeral. He said apparently the guy behind him in line, he was about to get on the plane. Uh -huh. And the guy behind him in line said, are you okay? You look like you just lost your best friend. And my dad always quotes this. He was like, oh my God, he could see all of this. So, so then I say to my dad, I said, okay, but you flew after that. You flew with my mom. He went to Europe. They went to Italy for honeymoon. They did all these flights. And, and he said, yeah, I don't know. But after the divorce with my mother, who, who he doesn't speak to, who he doesn't have a kind word to say about in this world, yeah. he, 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 that's what changed it. Yeah. And he has not flown since. And so I talked to him. I say, let's do it. Let's get your mom back. Let's do it. Let's get my mom back. <laughs> 
Let's go. I'll do it. Fuck it. But uh, I said to him, like, you know, you have a drink. And he's like, no, no, no. He read an article somewhere. Drinking increases. He knows just enough therapy to not ever do anything. It's the worst amount of therapy to know. Mm -hmm. And part of me is like, the only way this man's going to fly, and this is my mentality, is for me to force him to say, we're buying tickets. We're going to go to the airport. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if he'll freeze and he won't get out of the chair. I don't know if he won't get out of the car. I'm sure he doesn't want me to see him like that. I don't want to see him like that. But I feel like I'm the only one who can be like... How old is he? He's 69. Why is it important for you to make him fly? Yeah, like what's your goal because, here? Because I think Leave a couple alone. things. Because I think... You don't speak about him like you want to fly with him. <laughs> Leave him alone. Yeah. What because you- because this is, a, this is a man who's depressed. Are you worried that you are self-isolating? Who, who we, we don't have as much of a relationship with. I don't have much relationship with it. My sister is is basically living in Florida. He's he's driving. He's making himself miserable. I want him to be able to be free. He can finally go visit all those Russian women he's talking to online every night. <laughs> he can't drive there. And and I just feel like is he working out his act on us? Is this part no of the show? no not not yet <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but I'll throw this mic right at you if you start doing your act. I will throw this mic right at you. I mean, my daddy's got a new girlfriend. We have a lot this of common. the heaviest like, microphone I've ever held in my life. What are you talking I've about? Nev- it's a regular microphone, Modi. So, it's literally like four pounds heavier. Than, and is it not? I I have to say. Russell is used to this pose. He's in this pose oh. every night. <laughs> no, I have one of those. Ones like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Those uh, of you who are watching, please send some money to Patreon so we can get the stand so I don't have to hold this mic. I, I had st- the stands. We didn't You're know You're a stand-up comedian. You do this every night. Yes. Yeah, so, it's, it's not night. It's not, not working. It's um, This mic is literally four, <laughs> like four pounds heavier than any of the mic I've ever held in my life. Yeah, and I'm not going to do the whole, like, you know, like. Um, <laughs> Who's that? Who does that? If I could get the name, how funny that would have been. The guy that's uh, on the wheelchair. The oh, you're going to do a Stephen Hawking joke? Stephen Hawking joke. He has been dead for 10 years. Let him sleep. Uh, yeah, but I didn't have that in me. I can't get, my, my brain didn't bring that name up fast sure. enough. Your, your struggle right now is equal Please. to that of Stephen Hawking. Are we Hawking? done with your father's story? We're going back Should to I? it. Should I? So here's the question. Here's the question. We got a very stubborn man. Okay. Very stubborn man. Mm-hmm. A lot of pain, all these things. Do you think it's wise for me to go, Father, we're going to go somewhere. We're going to go to Italy. You want to go back? Do you say we're Italian? Let's go to Italy and fucking bring him to the airport, buy the ticket, put that pressure on him because I think that's the only thing to do. Bring him to the airport, buy the ticket. It's not how it works. It's buy the ticket, ticket. bring him to the... In the old days, you went to the airport and you bought the ticket at the counter. That would be nice. Can you imagine? Hey, what do you got tickets to today? If you went up to the airport and go, hi, I want to buy a ticket for this flight, they'll shoot you right there on the... (laughs) TSA will come... Back in the day, you could go to the airport and buy your ticket at the. Now you can't even get through. There's no way to buy your ticket. Oh, you, oh, you can. You can. There's a. Oh, at the. At the yeah, you're right. The check-in. The check, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But I don't know. It's just. It's just something I'm. I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about for a little bit now. But he finally gave me the full backstory. But he's one of these guys. He'll tell you. He'll tell you the backstory every time. He's told me the story. You know, God bless his friend who passed away. It was a big event for him. But like somehow every every time I ask him a question, it goes back to this story. I want to tell you, if just this, please make this end. Um, I, uh, I I also don't talk a lot. My, my, my father's not a talkative guy. Yeah. 
And I've been recently thinking about one conversation we had that was so amazing. My father had like two years ago, he had this, um, uh, a cardio situation that we, uh, God intervened and it was just a miracle, but I spent like 16 hours with him in the emergency room and then in the, and like we never really spoke, but, but all of a sudden he started telling me stories about him like in when he came to america and the, you know we came we came to america i was seven years old um i can't remember he was like 40 or something and um yeah he was like 40 or something and uh we moved in he never told me the stories about how we began working all that and so he started telling me stories. then he told me he my, my dad was in three wars in israel uh the yom kippur war 73 67 and 56 i think with the three wars he was in and he was telling me the story like all of a sudden he started telling me a war story I'd never heard anything about his, anything in the army. He goes, we were in the desert and this, this, the Six Day War uh -huh. in Israel. That's when this Syria attacked Israel. It was, in six days, the war was won. Um, he goes, we were, he described what he, the, he, he was in these uh, tanks that was half tank, half truck. So there's a, a wheels in the front and the tracks in the back. It was the newest thing and whatever it was. And it was three, three, three of them. He was a, like a sergeant. There was a captain. There was whatever. And the other people that were on it. And he goes, we were driving and we see the Syrians or Jordanians, whatever it was, coming at us. And like, I was like, like, I was ready to hear something. Like he blew them out. Or he goes, I saw the guy. He saw me. So I said, what did you do? I turned left, he turned left, we both went our different ways, and that was it. I was like, this, is, this is the best story ever. He's like, he's, 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 he had two daughters at home, I wasn't born yet. Uh -huh. He had two daughters at home, a wife, a business. He needs to start firing at this guy and have him fire back at him, you understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he yeah. said, this guy also was probably uh, that reserved. Probably you know? happens it a wasn't lot like an 18 year old, yeah! It was like it was like you know reservists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reservists. Like I have to get back home. I can't be firing at him and him firing at me. They both went left. Yeah. And and he says, and I'm here today because we didn't. We're gonna start shooting at each other. Yeah, I like so funny. I was. Yeah, I was. I was like, how did I not tape this? That's how every war should end. Everyone goes. What are we gonna do? Uh, what are we gonna do? Why are we doing this? What are we doing? Why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. funny. But yeah, I'm sorry you have this whole thing with your father. I mean. My, my 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 dad's eighty six, and now his his hearing is like shot. Yeah, and he doesn't want to like he doesn't like get into it and get the right hearing aid and have the ones that there's apps with your phones. There's so many amazing things that mm -hmm. he does. They don't want my dad has the same thing. He doesn't want to hear anybody. Does he? Does he? My dad says to me, he's like, you're not enunciating well enough, and I go, father, please. No one complains about my If you call your volume. dad father one more time, like we're what, on what do you, what do you a, call like we're Papa. on a, no, like we're on a, what's it called? Um, uh, uh, ah, God, Laura Ingalls on a Little House from the Prairie. Father? 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 Do you call him father? Do you call no, him father? No, I say, I say dad. Daddy. Dad. It's, 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 this Daddy. it's just dad. Dad. What do you call your dad? Dad. Dad. Yeah. Dad. Yeah, but I don't, I call him Abba. It's Hebrew, but I'm going to say father. Abba? Abba, yeah. I'm going to say Abba yeah. with my dad, just to mix it up, well, see what he thinks. For sure, he'll never fly with you now. You could start, <laughs> calling, start calling him Abba, he's never going to fly with you. Like, ugh. My, my kid became more Jewish now. He's going he's to call, oh, call him by his Hebrew name, Chaim Yankel ben whatever his Hebrew name is. I need a Hebrew name. Do I, do I automatically have one? Who, who would know when what my Hebrew name is? At your bris, you were given a Hebrew name. Oh, I don't know. Look I mean, up. I had a bris, so I must have had a Hebrew name. 
I'll text my mom right now. See if she knows what my Hebrew name is. Yeah. I'm getting closer to it. What's your Hebrew name? Mordechai. Rose Mordechai. Mordechai. Mordechai, yeah. Now, you were circumcised. Yeah, but I didn't have you, a bris. You Jewish? No, I'm not. So then you don't need a bris. You just, yeah, yeah, I know. Why do they do that? I, I Someone told me recently, like, like, why are you circumcised? Just because everyone does it in <laughs> yeah, America. Yeah, it's a regular it's thing just, in America. Yeah. Yeah. You really have to request not to be, not to have your kids circumcised when they, when they, um, when it's born, whatever. Did you have, you had the, like, is there, it's a ceremony though. And you, you did all of that? How does he, were you asking him? He was eight days old. No, I know. But like, I'm saying like, mom, do you know what my Hebrew name is? (laughs) Do you know what my Hebrew name is? And did I have a bris or was it just at the hospital? I feel like it was just at the hospital. I don't think you had a bris. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Were you close with your dad? I mean, where I am. He's still alive. It's his birthday today. I just called oh him. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's 87 years old. But he, he like, you, you were close as a kid? Did he? Because you're, you're an artsy guy. You're, uh, I'm not an artsy He was a soldier. He was in three wars. Uh, everybody in Israel was a soldier. It wasn't, you'd have been a soldier if you were in Israel. <laughs> oh, you, you, I, yeah. I don't think so. been, You would have yeah. been. You would have been. Yeah. Gail you you definitely, you'd, you'd be the one for sure making the left turn. Because I'm not fighting this guy. <laughs> yeah, left turn. I'd be turning <laughs> the other way around. I'd be going <laughs> in reverse. reverse. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you you left Israel when you were seven. Seven, yeah. Why did they leave? Six, seven, yeah. Um, they left opportunity, America, golden land, and uh, we all of our all of their siblings were already here. My parents, we were the last ones. All my parents' siblings moved to America right after the army. My father stayed in Israel, had a business, and then to bring us closer to the cousins and all that, we we moved here. How does at the time was Israel like? Please stay and make this place great. I don't remember. I just, first of all, you're talking about 1976 or 77. I am more focused on how do you move a family of three yeah. from Israel to New York with no internet? There were no yeah. Google drives. What neighborhood should we, what are the prices of the apartments? What was the, none of that. Yeah. Not, I am so blown away how they did it. Well, that's why those communities, I think, had to stick together because it'd be like, well, where do we go? Well, all the other Jews, they went, went to this place. This place so I guess we go you. there. So I'm going to help you out. Because you couldn't look up like, oh, let's go some, some other. So where did they move? Here? We moved uh, to New York, yeah. Which part of New York? We moved our first year to Queens. And then when my parents decided, okay, we're staying in America, they bought a house in, in Long Island. I was thinking maybe your place was at the Tenement Museum. We could go no, there, see your old no, place, no, no. We, see your old bedroom. Do you know that I never visited the Lower East Side until I bought my apartment there? No. I'd never gone below, uh, well, definitely went below Housing, but like never below uh, Delancey. Uh huh. So it was just funny that now I live here for, since 2004. Have you been to the Tenement Museum yet? I walk by, I feel so horrible for people doing it. Could you imagine sitting there on a tour? Hi, this is where I'm. Uh, this, uh, 
We call that when they first moved to the city in 1912. And you just see a whole bunch of people that are so upset that they set themselves up for this. Like at the time, hey, this is a great thing. Let's do this walking tour of the museum. And then you just see some woman super excited with her little vegan handbag uh, just yelling at them. And then during the time when uh, FDR allowed uh, immigrants and the Chinese and they all live together. and blah, blah, blah. I just walk by to go to the gym. And I'm like, ugh, the I, worst, the worst. I mean, worst. I guess it makes sense. Hey, you want to pay money to see one of the worst departments <laughs> yeah. in Manhattan? Just br yeah. bring him here. You show up in your own tenement museum. <laughs> here's how the Jews live today. <laughs> yeah, here's how the Jews live today. It's not much better. <laughs> so you're not, not a fan? Not a fan of the old uh, exploring old Jewish... My girlfriend had a great time. She was like, oh, the Jews, they came here. Yeah. The struggle. I nah. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't need, don't need any of that. Do you like museums in general? I feel like people mm. like museums when they don't. I'm not a museum person. I'm not. I'm not. You're going around I'm the middle. Picasso. Colors. Ooh, wow. I did you. one time go Google to... Google it. We, where were we? Uh, Chicago. Chicago. It was one of the coldest days ever in the world, and it was colder because it was in Chicago. I had a gig, and Leo and I were there for two for two uh, two two days because they paid extra to have me come a day earlier. So we had all of Saturday to, to kill. I mean, or Sunday, whatever it was. Um, and we went through some big museum thing that he was, and I went in there. And they had this like lounge area with these special chairs, and mm. I fell asleep <laughs> for an hour. He went and saw the whole museum. Yeah, <laughs> I. I, I can't. Yeah, I one well, time went to MoMA with someone and uh, they were really into it and they were like describing things to me and I can't, like the first 20 minutes I felt like I was, I was working so hard at acting that I was like interested yeah. in it and then at some point I was just like, I gotta go, like I'm gonna go kind of like explore myself and it was just me hiding from them, out, finding yeah. places to sit because I was like, I don't, I just doesn't do anything for me. No, really. but Leo, my, 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 my husband knows what to bring me to. Like we went to the Andy Warhol thing, uh -huh. which was amazing. It's Andy Warhol yeah. and, they, and they did it very well. And these other photographers that he knows I would enjoy the story, the storyline of what's happening, but to just out of nowhere go, I'm not a museum fan. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. I, for a while. You like museums. No, I was doing it for a while. When I would go on tour, I'd be like, oh, what's the thing to do? Go to the art museum. And then after I saw like five in different cities, I'm like, they're all the, they're all the fucking same. Yeah. I like a modern. I like a modern museum. I do not want to see old pictures of Jesus. I, I cannot believe the, the amount of painters who were like, let's do one more of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Let's get him a little more bent over. Let's get him a little skinnier. It's awful. He looks great usually in those pictures. There was a the time. Abs, the abs. At some point. But there was a time when they really showed him like looking struggling. Looking shitty. For yeah. It, yeah. And then, really. then they needed the abs. Yeah, yeah. And it gets a little too sexy. Yeah. It gets a little too sexy, Jesus. Uh, so were you raised in a super Jewish community here? Or were you, were you integrated? It was 99. But, but it wasn't religious Orthodox Jews. It was like all kinds of Jews. But my parents basically gravitated to just Israelis. They hung out with Israelis only. And, mm -hmm. and we... Like when you went to school, was it all... At first I was in a Jewish school. Then I went... The school I went to afterwards was 99% Jewish. Uh -huh. So And it was a public school. It was a very good school. So... We didn't need the other one. How did the Jews here, did they view the Jews from Israel differently? Were they divided in that sense? Did they go, oh my God, your parents are from Israel. They were, I mean, American Jews versus Israeli Jews? No, it's, it's, um, it was, there were other Israelis that, families that were in the neighborhood. We're in the five towns. It's in Long Island. It's like literally, 
Now yeah. it's a super Jewish neighborhood, but it's back then it was just all just plain Jewish. What was it like with bar mitzvahs? Because you know I grew up in Potomac, Maryland, so bar mitzvahs—they were all big parties, big lavish affairs. It was two years of nonstop every weekend, Saturday and Sunday, a bar mitzvah we went to. It, I had like three suits, and I would interchange the pants and suits and the ties and the to go to all of them. It was so much fun. Was, yeah. Did you enjoy your bar mitzvah? Did you? Did, were you on the bar, bar mitzvah circuit? No, wait, no. I live. I grew up upstate New York. There Where? was uh, near Binghamton. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. The, I like truly no, not a lot of Jews. Uh, my cousin was Jewish, but cousins, yeah, because they had a Jewish mom. But so you never at that age you never even went to one. No, never. We had no like truly not no Jewish kids in my school. I mean, it was fun. It was I so mean, much fun. Yeah. I mean, we we had some we had some rich kids. Yeah. I mean the the one one guy, he was so rich. They had first it was only boys were invited. Like some of the bar mitzvahs, it was co-ed, oh. and some it was just the boys, and it was usually like the lamer, the lamer but kids. But you went to public school. No, it was a private school, but not a Jewish private school. No, 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 just just a just a regular school. Okay. Uh, uh, but there's just a lot of Jews who live in Potomac, so I yeah. did go to like I must have gone to twenty, and uh, he had like a make your own music video with the green screen station. Yeah, yeah. We had the themes, themes, and you're too young. I mean, at least where we were, no one, no one was sneaking in any alcohol. We were too young and private yeah. schooly. I wish we had. That would have been a lot more fun. But it was fun. Bar mitzvahs were fun because you got to see your parents, your friends' parents drunk. Mm. You got to see like the dad of the bar mitzvah boy really just start celebrating for real. And, you and liked I, that. It was just fun to watch. Like, oh my god, Jed's dad is is being real silly. Yeah. Were they big parties when, I mean, when there's so huge. many Jews, are they all huge? It's a very rich neighborhood and they spent crazy amounts of money on these and the themes and- What were the I, themes? What, mine was New York City. I had everything New York City. It was like Broadway and yeah. every buildings and all these- Like amazing. Broadway, like, did you have like a sign like Cats or no, 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 it was one Broadway thing. It wasn't like a big, it wasn't a, 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 a Broadway theme. It was New York City. So there was like the- the bridge and the and the, the the skyscrapers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, um, but uh, they were so over the top. And I remember the best ones were when you left. They handed you a bag of bagels, cream cheese, and then fat New York Times, mm. and you went with that. And they, it was so much fun. That's yeah. what they did. It. Yours or all parties? All of the oh, most I, of them. I went to New York them. Times as like a parting a, gift. Well, his, uh, yeah. his theme was New York. Saturday night. No, he said all of them. Oh, he all said that was like yeah. a parting gift. Oh, weird. A big yeah. thing of bagels. Wow. I went to a wedding in upstate once, and it was very strange because it was New York themed. The wedding. Yeah. And it that seems like and, a kid's and thing. And like the the cake was <laughs> shaped. Like what? Like the state. Like the state. Oh, um, New York State? Yeah. And, well, that's what was strange about it. And at the end of the night, they played New York, New York. And I was like, it's not really about upstate. You know what I mean? <laughs> that song is about, specifically about New York City. And I don't, like, but they loved New York, the state. And the, it was like <laughs> of the weirdest wedding theme to like, and have a cake that's shaped like, like the state of New York. <laughs> that's a, that's a so big thing to love. Night, like, Start spreading the news, and you're like, you're like, yeah, but this isn't about no state. Yeah. It's about specifically the city. It was very weird. Very weird. Like yeah. I'm going to Buffalo tomorrow. Some party planet yeah. was not. Some party planet was not really yeah. in the same headspace as the people doing this. <laughs> Do you remember 
so so were you a performer at this point? Because like no. I feel like the bar mitzvah is the point where you get on stage. One of the first times. I killed my bar mitzvah. Yeah. I destroyed my bar mitzvah. What do you have to do? Like, what? You're, what do you? You sing the the um, the haftorah. Okay. And then you do the prayers, and I killed it. I was because I what was. Mean you killed it. How much Wait, time are we talking? After? Like, how much time is? It's this a long. Some of them are long. Some of them are short. There's, okay. It, well, it varies, Marty blows it the depends, light. It depends. <laughs> I blew the light. <laughs> I blew the light on my bar mitzvah. Absolutely. Um, but were you uh, cracking jokes? Were you doing voices? No, 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 no. The singing part, the ah, singing. Oh. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. In the synagogue, the temple, I was, uh, and I was, felt really bad because I was, uh, I shared a bar mitzvah. So you, your bar mitzvah on the week you're born, oh. uh, the, 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 the Torah is split up into like portions of the week. Right. Uh-huh. And so. The you know portion that you're born, I'm explaining to them, the portion that you're born on, the portion of the Torah is where you read, right? So me, there was another kid that was in the same portion for that week, so we split it. Mm. And he sucked. And he didn't have it. <laughs> and he didn't, like, And I'm like, your listeners are going to never pay you on Patreon because it's too Jewish now for sure. They're going to take their money back and send you hate mail. And then the rabbi comes up to the other one and goes, like, you're not a man today. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think only Modi gets this one. Uh, did, did you... Do you remember the feeling in the moment where you like, in that moment where you like, oh, wow, I fucking yeah, nailed that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did, he, did he look sad? He was like, he just wanted to get it over with. I, he just wanted to get, yeah. I was ready. I was in, I cared about it. I love Jewish singing. I love Jewish music. And I, I love the, the services. Even before my bar mitzvah, I used to go to synagogue every Saturday, you know, so I loved it. And I was like, my turn. Yeah, I'm going to kill it. Yeah. It was amazing. I went to a friend's wedding yeah. and they wanted me to like do like 30 minutes of, they want me to make like a show after the speech. No, I hope you said no. No, of course I said, no, I, I'm happy to he, do it. He, I'm like you, I just wanted to kill. I wanted to be the star of the wedding. For him to I'm go talking about the service, not comedy. Yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. But during the speeches, he had his friend who was like the funny friend and who had a speech that like people were laughing. Yeah, and, yeah. And, he, and if I had not been there, he would have been the bell of the ball. Yeah, yeah. But then I went up there and I destroyed it. Yeah. He didn't have the juice. No. He hasn't been doing this he for eight years professionally. It. He works on Wall Street and has a real job. Yeah. And uh, it's a good feeling. So so you sang. It's a competitive feeling you're having. That's not, I wasn't looking for that with this kid. My thing, I didn't care that he, I was better than him. I was just so happy you, I you, killed you, it on my own. You're the most altruistic performer in the world. You do it for other people, no. not for yourself. So there's a lot about you that that was what your takeaway from that wedding was. Jeez, uh, wow. Uh, 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 that's why your dad doesn't want to fly with you. We're cut from the same cloth. That's why your dad doesn't want to fly with I performed at the cellar. Modi went after me and he said, I hope you enjoyed the last comedian's audition for the chorus line. Oh. <laughs> and, this, and this one tweeted the next day without any references to where he got it from. Oh. Well, Okay, interesting. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of... Now I, now I know why your dad doesn't want to fly with you. 
Mm. Oh, it's just me. It's not just yeah, yeah. my dad. He's flying all the time. Yeah, yeah. he's like all the time. He's got crazy like, miles. Come on, dad. Come he's on, like, dad. We'll but he's like, I'm gonna see. Six hours stuck on the flight with him, telling him how amazing I am. I am so <laughs> funny. He's like, please. So, you, 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 you didn't take do your theater. little no, take your little notepad out. You, you so didn't you, do. You didn't do your theater. Little, that you took from some comedy club, the, yeah. the waitresses. These are just positive affirmations. Mm. <laughs> uh, you were you doing theater? I mean, you you essentially in Temple, no, you're singing. No. That's yeah, your performance. That's, yeah, that was that was definitely a point. My theater was I in high school senior year. They were doing the, a production of Fiddler on the Roof. Mm. I'd never been to the theater club, to the theater thing. To, they had chorale, whatever the hell that meant. I yeah. thought it was horses. I thought we had horses. I never saw horses in the school. <laughs> chorale, show chorale they were oh, called. Corral. I had no idea any of this. And this, the woman that came to be the director for this, uh, for the, the drama league or whatever it was, knew there was this Israeli kid in the school and she, she asked if I wanted to audition. For Pillow on the Roof. Now, I knew the script by heart. I watched the movie 17 times. Mm -hmm. And then I went and I nailed it. I got the Fiddler. I, and all the kids were upset. Wait, you got the Fiddler or got I Tevia? I got Tevia. Oh, hey. Tevia. Yeah, yeah. So he's, I, like, he, he's like, I nailed it. They said, you're the Fiddler. fiddler. I was like, That's I, not, you I, play I, as the no, audience no, no, no. comes I, into I, the room. I, so there was, now you keep in mind, it's all the kids who've been since their freshman year. Yes. In whatever yeah, the hell Brigadoon or whatever dumb show that they're in. What year were you? Senior. This is my senior, oh, senior year. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I he come in. in. I never put in anything for the other shows. I yeah. never nothing. I come in. I, I they knew right away when yeah. I looked on. Dear God, you know, I yeah. killed, killed it. I got the role. They all hated me, which I didn't care. Um, and then um, that was it. We did three shows. I was unbelievable. I, I don't toot my horn. I'm not one of those comics. I kill, I slayed. I never do that. But this was in another you level. You just said you slayed your bar mitzvah. But sure, I hear you. But again, not 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 I acting, know, I know. singing. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, more it's a spiritual slay. To do you, did you have a film recording of you as Tevia? Oh, so this is, you're talking about 1987 or 88. No one had. So yeah. the one kid whose father recorded it, he I'm talking about he had a camera like today. It's a like a 4K, like a, a camera, a massive camera. Yeah. And he kept it only on his son, who was like an extra. So I'm I'm up there doing if I were a rich man. Yeah. You just turned the camera and, and you see the kid like this. Just it's all you see is yeah. his dumb son, and so there's no real recording of it. Yeah. Um. Then I did nothing. That was it. Went to college. Done. Um. And then um. I came back from college. I went. I worked in investment banking, and I um, would imitate the secretaries. And my friends would. I, I worked in the international division of M Merrill Lynch. So it was all these foreign accents. I would come home and to all my friends would just do the imitations, and they'd be like, "You have to do this on stage. You got to be kidding me. Do it in a comedy club." So I'm, not, I'm not a comedian. I'm not going to a comedy club. I've never been to a comedy club. Wait, my what first kind of time. Accents? What were we talking here? Like, like, show me some of these. Spanish. Secretaries. I'm not going to do my act for you. Um, uh, Spanish. <laughs> there was a gay secretary. There was a uh, all these different. <laughs> oh, Spanish, by the way, gay, the if you thing. find those tapes now, completely undoable. You could not do any of that material on stage today. Yeah, it was so out there, over the top. Not racist, but like you just can't do that today. Sure. Yeah. Um. So. 
that's how that began. My my my, my friends organized my first comedy night at uh, at Stand Up New York back in '93 ish or wow. so. Wow. And then I began back doing. I said, this is, and then I caught the bug there. I caught the bug mm. there and then started doing shows. Were you doing the voices then? Were you like, so it was like an open hey guys, mic. here's the secretary. Is that the thing? What was your act or was it Jew- like, were you it talking was, about your family? No, or? there's nothing Jewish yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. all over the top characters, kind of like his act. It's, um, uh, it's just over the top characters. At the Spanish lady, the gay guy, the wait. The, right, can you talk to me about what the gay guy was? It was. It was this. Hello. It was everything he began. Everything he began with the hello, 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 hello. This is back then. This is before now. This is before everybody's seen RuPaul. This is before. It's like you know. And the secretary was the secretary. She began everything with um, Mira and ended with Maricon. Coño, coño, with coño, mira, coño. I, I, it was so out there, and I had been doing it. I didn't realize I'd been doing it for my friends so long that I had a bit. These were bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just did them on stage. Everybody else on that night bombed. Bombed. Sure. So I went up there, full confidence. I am the only guy on stage not wanting to be a stand-up. I was just having a night with my friends. I had no idea what this was, where this was going. I can, then, I, I can see me being the comedy in the back, like working out my jokes. And he goes up, he's like, hello, and just murdering. And I'm like, what the fuck? Hello, hello. I did it. I just come and you have, I'm in a suit. I'm coming from yeah. work. I'm in a suit. They all look like him. Like, look at this. They all look like that. Like they came out of the hamper. And, um, and, I, and I walk up there, handsome, the, the hair, the bah, and, uh, and just slayed, just killed it. And, uh, and then Kerry Hoffman, who owned Stand Up New York, uh, said to me, you should definitely uh, keep at this. And not just because he wanted, yet, back then you, you had to bring three people to the show mm-hmm. and then you got five minutes of material. Uh, so yeah. So, three's not bad. Now yeah, that's not five, bad. Three's? Some clubs. I have no idea. I can't yeah, imagine what today's world of- uh, Oh, it's a nightmare. I, I can't am. even imagine. Um, I don't want to even think about it. When you were when you were doing the, the what, what was the company you're working for? Merrill Lynch. Merrill Lynch. Merrill Lynch, yeah. Were you- at that time, were you talking about? I mean, you talk about being Jewish. Being Jewish is such a big part of your identity. Were, were you that open about it? Were you but it wasn't. It? it wasn't for the, for my first few years of comedy. It wasn't. My no, but thing. not comedy. Merrill Lynch. I mean, like, like, were you were you able to be expressive? Were you were you? T- did you have a lot of Jewish people working there with you? You're, you're part of a big Jewish community now. Like wasn't like that but when you were then, in Maryland. I was, I, was in a, I was in a corporate environment. What are, what are you saying? What was the, like, what do you think? I'm I saying, how did you act in a corporate Jew. environment? I'm a banking you're Jew. A, you're a loud, expressive guy. I'm saying like when you were working at Merrill Lynch, were you very buttoned up? Or were yeah. you always like- Back then you had to wear a suit and tie and the whole thing. You, didn't, you couldn't show up to your Lululemon stretchies. Back then it was like, you're talking about 94 to 93 to 99 is when I worked in that environment. And it was, it was just- Suits. Were you good at your job? Um, I was very good at what I did. Yes. Uh huh. I was. We were in a team, and it was like I was good at my 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 stuff. Yeah. Was it tough to turn your back on the money for? I know you you were working as a stand up. You you kind of started stand up with gigs in the canon. I I, I I no. So I started stand up. I was very lucky, and that and believe me, God made it because otherwise, He knows I wouldn't have. If I, if I was scratching and and, and for, for spots, I wouldn't have done it. Sure, because I this, it wasn't like I woke up and I want to be a stand up comic. It was just my friend said you should be a stand up comic. Um, so at first I was doing uh I I did 
a few open mics. Then the comic strip, before your day, Lucian was the guy that was yeah, the... Yeah, I've heard of him. Was, yeah, so he loved me and wanted to manage me. So he was giving me spots nonstop. And I was so over the top, I was closing the shows on the mm-hmm. weekends. And back then, that room was... It's, it's a room you can't bomb unless you suck. Yeah. It was, such a, it was such a great room that Just for Laughs stopped doing auditions there because it said, we, it does, that's not a good gauge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So keep in mind, here I am just starting comedy and I'm getting closing weekend spots at the strip, full house, packed. Did any comics resent you? Probably. Yeah. Probably. And, um, and then SD, I got in the door with SD and April 20, April 94 is when I got passed at the comedy, at the comedy cellar. And that's when I clock in as I'm a comic. Yeah. 1994, April at the comedy cell, I was passed. And then since then I've been doing comedy, uh, I consider, but I was doing it full time with Merrill Lynch until 99. And when did you really start leaning into talking about being Jewish? And I mean, I watched a bit a bit here. It was, uh, you were talking about the difference between Ashkenazi Jews and Sephardic Jews. And I, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you a thing about I mean, it is like it is like a niche market. Mm-hmm. When did it? Was it a real conscious decision? Did you just keep having joke ideas that leaned into that? You like how how did it come to be? Because I I imagine when you go to the cellar, you're not always doing the difference between Ashkenazi. No, and- I don't do that there. You sure. can't do that there. Of course, no. My t- the title of my special is "Know Your Audience." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's my. You know, you look at your room. You figure out what you can do and can't do. Yeah, you know, um, but you sure that clip was from a, a show about there was all Jews. It was it was my show. I took um, I don't know what theater that was. I took the theater. I sold out, and it was my people. Yeah, and they and they love that stuff. At the comedy side, I don't do that stuff. It's just still sure. a Jewish voice. But the Jewish voice began um, right away. Somebody saw me, and I, I worked clean. For some reason, I worked very clean. I mm-hmm. never said F and S on, on stage. So somebody brought me to a synagogue show. Hi, my synagogue is doing a comedy night. And then from that, I got hired to other events and other events. And work begets work. Yeah. And I always wore a suit, which I always tell all my opening acts, just get a suit. Just get a suit. Just Eric Newman, just get, get a suit. <laughs> just, I, I gave Eric like three suits. Eric, I, Eric Newman. But I, I will, I, I, sometimes I see comedians, they get their late night debut or something and they put on the suit and you can tell they, they, they haven't put on a suit in ever. fucking 10 years and they look like a fool. I, I, the suit's not, the, for some people, the suit's not right. Okay. So for the late night, they, they don't need it. Late night, go on as you, go on with your schmatas. But at, for, you're going to an event uh-huh. You're going. You're performing not in a comedy club. You're performing. You're going for, to a synagogue. You're to going perform. to a synagogue. Listen, I'm so, hoping to get in the Jewish circuit. So sure, I'll listen to you. Yeah, I'll put on my one suit. There's at, at any one of these events that's uh, it's an event where comedy is not meant to be done. Mm-hmm. Those are what I call mm-hmm. you know a, a gala, a I fundraiser. See, I see. Wear your suit mm-hmm. so that somebody sees that and says. We need that in our event. Oh yeah, that fancy restaurant that you performed at that bombed at. Uh, Did no you wear boo. a suit? Uh, I think I wore a button down. Button down. Yeah. Suit would have been better. Yeah, suit would have been better. <laughs> yeah, I would have killed. It was an 80th 
Did we talk about it on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was eightieth birthday party. John Baromeo got it for me. The woman before me talked about the Holocaust and cried, and then oh. they brought me on stage. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's my my life. My, my life. Are you kidding that's me? My I I I did a fundraiser for a Holocaust museum called. The Museum of Faith. Some, it's like a new angle they have on, on the Holocaust Museum. The guy that spoke <laughs> before me talked about, um, I don't know if it was him or somebody he was talking about that, he goes, you know, in Auschwitz, when you wanted to kill yourself, you knew you could just run onto the fence. It was electrical and you'd just be fried. And he, I, I don't know if it was him or somebody who was telling the story. He was reading a story of one of the faith. The museum's theme was what kept people alive. What kept the, And he goes, and the, he was running towards the fence to kill himself. And all of a sudden he sings, he hears the singing of Mao's tour, the, one, the song you sing during Hanukkah. He goes, oh my God, it's Hanukkah. And then he just turned around and didn't kill himself. And here's Modi. That's my life. My, pos- <laughs> my podcast is called And Here's Modi because that's what I follow. We're raising for money for diabetes, of juvenile diabetes. They, they, they put the movie on. The guy, I haven't lost my sight. They took my toes off. There's a machine in my pancreas. And here's Modi. Literally, that's like my whole... Do you ever go for the riff off the, like, for that one? The Sometimes whole, you have You to. go up and you go, Sometimes well, now I want to kill myself. To. Where's the fence? No, you got to do it right. You got to do it right. You got to do it right. Uh-huh. You got to do it right. You can't, uh, you, you got to do it. An example. One time I did a show for Park East Synagogue, one of the richest synagogues in New York City, and they had at the Waldorf, not the Waldorf, yeah, at the Waldorf. Well, the Astoria, when it uh-huh. was still open before the renovations, and a thousand people. And the rabbi was up there with the guy they were honoring, and the guy they were honoring is a son of a survivor, and they brought the father up, and they're talking about how we could have been names on a wall, and but we survived, and they put me on the kinder transport to leave, and, and they were just didn't stop Holocaust storing it. And the guy that ran the event said, Modi, just go up there. This has to end. We have to serve dinner. And, and, and like, so... <laughs> I walk on stage. This is one of the most prominent rabbis in New York. Uh-huh. The guy that they're honoring is a trillionaire. He owns a football team or something. Um, and I just walk on stage and stand by the podium. And they both look at me like this. And they just turn and goes, hello, Modi. I go, hello, rabbi. And they just began to walk off. So now the audience is looking at me. They've just literally had Schindler's List in real time. And now, what do I open with? I go, ladies and gentlemen, I am neither a son of a survivor or a grandchild of a survivor. In the mid-1930s, both my grandparents living in Eastern Europe looked around and said, this doesn't look good. Let's get the hell out of here and go to Palestine. I said, Palestine. The Israeli ambassador was there. Uh Uh-huh. it, the room blew up. It was the funniest line I could have done. And then said, enjoy your dinner and got off. Like, you need to, to yeah, know. Yeah. You need to, yeah. It was like, I'm letting them know. My parents, saw, my grandparents like, knew this wasn't good. They got the hell out. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. forgot about those Jews that got out before the war. So it was like, you have to, you have to be very careful. But yeah. When you said it, was that your first time ever using that line, that joke? Where else can I use that line? Of course. Of Where course. else? That only that Wait, were you moment. nervous? Did you have that little I thing said, inside? Either you this like- is going to die or it's going <laughs> to kill it. Yeah. But the, it killed. You, you get to just... <sighs> Could you imagine? It's, what would your line have been? 
No idea. I if you had know. to do one of your characters. I, <laughs> Luckily, I'm not a stand-up, so I don't have to worry You're about like that. You're like my sort of, accountant character. You know. Um, so in the last, I, you know, I, I did my research. Um, you've been talking more on stage about being gay. I did my research. And I did my research. I'm so curious in this, it, you build this big following yeah. with, with Jewish people. And I'm, I'm sure it covers the spectrum, liberal, Conservative, Hasidic, everything. Yeah, yeah. And what was the first of all? I mean, did you talk about being gay on stage at all? No, in the past. No. Was it ever something you, you wanted to? I mean, there no. must be material ideas for jokes that you had to go. Nah, I won't. I didn't. It didn't even. They weren't even ideas that came to me. Even now, when I talk about it, I don't talk about being gay. I talk about being married to a millennial who happens to be a, a man. Uh huh. Uh, it, I, it's still not like I'm more Jewish. I'm more Jewish than I am gay. Sure. So the material is more always Jewish. In my special, I have a whole thing about uh, the gay, but again, it's me being married to a millennial. Yeah. And it's the age difference more than it's the the gay world. When you did that Merrill Lynch person with the gay voice, was yeah. there any part of you that said like, no, oh, I, was just, I was literally imitating this guy at work Yeah, and the secretary at work and the Chinese, which you cannot do today. And there's a sure. billion things you just cannot do today. Back, I was just imitating them. It, yeah. it, they, I had the character in my head, just zooping it right to the audience with punchlines. And that was it. Sure. Super over the top. It would have made you look tame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that crazy, and I have no, I have, I have some tapings of it, but like, no, I'm just now recently found at the Comedy Cellar old, old tapes. You know how the cellar sometimes posts like old clips from the archive. Yeah, Can you imagine you go on Instagram one day and there's you, and they're like, and this is China Man from Maryland, yeah, 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 and, yeah, you're, yeah. and you're like, no, you got to take yeah. this down. Yeah, yeah. There's a, you know, John Panay. Did you of course. Have, yeah, John Panay. I've talked about him before. Yeah. Amazing comedian. But every album of his ends with him going to the Chinese buffet. Right. And you're like, oh, no. No, but that no, he does the voice, the Chinese voice. Oh, yeah. 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 But he, like every album ends with it. You, you, it's not going to fly this day. I mean, it's it's just one of these legacies that it's uh, it's a tricky legacy because people aren't going to play it anymore. Right. And he, But he was a brilliant comedian. Brilliant. My God, yeah. force of nature. Yeah. And back then... The word Oriental was still on the table. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That's not on the table anymore. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to bleep it out of this podcast. Probably, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it was... When you... In Israel, uh, what, what are gay rights like in Israel right now? Israel is amazing for gay rights. Yeah? It's insane. They have, uh, they have a parade. They have gay... It, it's amazing. What did it's, you feel like when you, were you, was there any part of you that was nervous that your audience, this huge audience that you've built, that some of them would go, Oh, what the fuck? No, you no. Felt, yeah. They, and we've only added more from it. And sure. you know, it's uh, you uh, be loyal to your audience, be true to your audience and the rest will follow. That's mm -hmm. it's a motto I believe. And so my audience is loyal to me. I'm loyal to them. They know I deliver, know your audience. They know I know what to talk about at whatever event is happening. And, um, and so it, it only helped. And look, we, look, I was becoming more and more popular and more and more, um, I don't say celebrity status, but more and more uh, known. 
and bigger following and all of that. And I'm married and I'm living with, with my husband. And so we took control of the narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we saw one of my, one of my, um, one of the people that followed me and was a big fan is a woman who worked for uh, Variety magazine. So we approached her and said, hi, we'd like to invite you to one of our shows. And I was in LA and she came to the show and I go, this is my husband. Her mouth just dropped. Like, and then she did the whole story on Variety and it was an insane, amazing piece. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then that went out and then we did an article for uh, a Jewish publication just so to really hold the story together and that was it. Better than somebody else deciding I'm going to take control of his narrative. You understand? Of course. So yeah. What aspects, I mean, I know Judaism, it's a big spectrum of, of beliefs, Yeah. but, but I've, I've told the story in here before of, uh, when I did my birthright trip, um, we had a Hasidic tour guide or he was like the guide for the whole thing. And at some point he said, Oh, we're going to play a game called stump the rabbi. Ask me anything about Judaism. And I was like, how do you feel about homosexuality? And he gave like one of these very vague, like, Oh, life is hard. If someone said they're gay, I'd give them a hug. Cause life is tough. And it was just very clear. He was beating around the bush ultimately that it was not a lifestyle that I, he approved I will, of. I will tell you, uh, I, the, the goal of every Jew is to the goal of every Jew, and people don't 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 understand is, is to 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 bring Mashiach, to bring the Messiah. That is the goal. That is the some Jews don't know that that's the goal, but that's the goal. See, I don't know if you saw my my hat. Mashiach energy. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. You have to create whether it's with another man, another woman, and whatever it is, if that's that's your goal. That's what you have to do to bring a messianic era, a peace, harmony in the world. We do it through comedy. People do it through healing with the hospital. As long as you have a consciousness that you're doing it, and that and so. But there must be some sex that aren't quite as course, friendly about it. Of course, they're they're they're, they're and they're not creating mashiach energy. Sure, they're they're not. They're they're. Some article just came out of some some crazy guy that I wouldn't even we're discussing. Should we talk about it on, on my podcast? He wrote some insane article about me. Um, it's he holds it. He's a rabbi from Toronto. He's a clown and he has this like blog. And um, and if you see what he blogs about, usually it's gay issues. Mm. Like he found this photographer who does religious weddings, and she did one wedding of two women, and he blogged about that. And there's this other, anything gay. And usually, if you notice, when people attack one specific thing, they're struggling with themselves. Sure. If you ever see any of the senators or the congressmen that were always like anti-gay, anti-gay, they're the ones that they catch, you know, sucking dick in a a bathroom in an airport. You know, so this guy's a mess. Um, Why was I telling you this? Because it's just that, those people that are that on that route, they're not bringing messianic energy. They're not bringing Mashiach energy. They're just bringing negativity and shit to the world. Um, But there are people, my rabbi, Orthodox rabbi at Sixth Street Synagogue, the most welcoming synagogue in the world. So much fun. Danny Cohen comes there, Leah Forrest, I don't know if you know she is, she comes there. It's an amazing, amazing place. And you have to find the good, the, the good people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's good. It's good. I, I, there was, there was something, 
I did some uh, show where they made a donation and Tova recommended this this group called JQY, which is Jewish Queer Youth. It was just like a, but I just know that there's certain parts of it where it's, it's, I sometimes have a struggle where I'm like, I see all the nice aspects of religions in general. Yeah. And then some of them have this deep base of homophobia that I'm like, it's, I hope it can be extricated, but for people who believe in, you know, we got to go back to the oldest book ever written in the world, it's tough to extricate it. And it's, it's, I would love if everyone just got over it, but I, I sometimes wonder if there is a way for these religions to continue and somehow remove. So they might not get over it, but yeah. that's not who I focus on. Sure. I, I said, if they have a problem with it, I don't want to be performing there. Of course. I, there's so many Are people- Are there any venues you go like, no. I'm sure. Do any venues say to you, have, have any venues said to you, please don't talk about your husband? Um, one kind of like went through it a little bit. They just like, we tap dancing. Uh, you know, it's a very orthodox audience. And um, <laughs> and uh, I, he said, Modi knows what to do. Uh, the, the, he said, Modi knows what to do. That was it. And I did. It was I slated. It was an insane show. Was there was, any urging you at the end of, to be oh, like middle of Ohio? Sure. Was, oh, wow. It was this. It's this beautiful neighborhood in the middle of Ohio. Orthodox Jews. They have a school. They was they was at the school. It was five hundred and fifty people. It was amazing. And you know they all got together. The community. I'm so blessed. I get to see all these communities in the world. Yeah. All the Jewish communities in the world. I get to see all of them. It's such a it's such a treat. And is there any urging you at the end of the set to? Huh? Is there any urge in you at the end of the set to go and and my husband and to say the thing that they asked you to not say? I I don't have that in, in me, and I and I didn't I, and I wouldn't have said it anyway. It's just not the audience for it. Sure, sure. It's just not the audience for it. Mm -hmm. I have my material for them. Mm -hmm. They want to hear jokes about about the stuff that I have for them, the Sephardic Ashkenazi stuff. They want to sure. hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what they want to hear, and so I I give that to them. I don't do what I want to. You have to you know to the audience. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um. And Leo, yes, your husband, uh, is he your manager? He is. I have an agent, and I have. He's. He's I'm, something. I. I. Yeah. He's more than. Uh, more than my manager. He's uh, a producer. He's the one that, when we were in COVID, and I was doing characters, and I was doing. He put everything online, and he began taking over. He found me the agent somewhere. Sure. He found. He found theaters that would take a chance on me, and mm -hmm. we just sold out. All of them. He produced my my. Show. I did five shows in London. He called the theater. He we we sent the money. We boom, big hit. We yeah. kept adding shows. Paris. Um, he found a touring company, MRG, that I'm working with. He found them and produced it. And the special I just did, 100% produced and directed it. Now let me, because that's incredible. But since this is the downside, are there any struggles? Are there any rules or or with a relationship that has work involved? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's obviously, there can be stressful moments. Or do you have any rules of, uh, let's not talk about work at this point. Do you have any, do you have any, have you had any struggles of having such an intense, to have both things? It's a lot. It's a lot. But it's we, a lot. We, 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 we have rules and our rule is, we have three rules that we live by. Hydrate, <laughs> moisturize, and be nice. That's yeah. it. If you live by those rules, it's all fine. 
if you hydrate, you'll, you'll, you're in a state, like you came in here completely dehydrated. Yeah. And the first thing you hit us with is your dog's ble ble bleeding ass. Yeah. If you were hydrated, you might, you might, you might have saved us that, that whole thing. Yeah. Well, and uh, then moisturize <laughs> and moisturize, which is a part of hydration. And then just be nice. Just don't look for the fight. Don't look for a, yeah. there's no reason for it. There's nothing that's that bad and there's nothing that, there, that yeah. I, I think though, <laughs> Tim Tim Dillon thought he was off for the rest of the show. He thought, I'm going to sit the rest of this out. These two uh, Jews are going at it, and I'll just sit here. What are you about to say? What are you about to say? You're like, there should be a fourth rule. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm fine feel. with those five. Uh, I think... Um, those are the three rules that work for us. I have no idea what your relationship with your partner is, so... Oh, we have 3,000 3, rules. We have, if I have a bad set, I'm going to go take a walk around the block, have a cigarette, come back. Uh, smoke? No, I just did. I had one recently. I had like one rough set, and I was about to go home with that that energy, the opposite of whatever energy is on your hat. And I was, you know, going to be like, why doesn't this? Why doesn't this? This fuck this one joke. And I said, you know what? I want to have a cigarette. She doesn't like me to smoke, so it feels sometimes. Sometimes you got to do something a little that you know. Oh, you don't like me to smoke? Well, let me do it. I need it. Yeah. I need to do something you don't like, and this is a nice little thing. Yeah. So I went really? around the block. I, I never had a cigarette. Had I never. Oh, had I, I needed it. Sometimes I got to listen back to the set. If I had a bad set, that's just what I needed to do. Okay. Do you, 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 you ever have a bad set? Uh, rarely. Sure. Um, rarely, but once in a while, that audience is not all there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, How do you deal with that? You plow through as though they're with you 100. percent I was. I, I was telling him before you came. Um, I've been performing at some theaters where they're like the chairs are too comfortable. Yeah. So you see, there's nothing worse than the audience having something to, to that cushions their head. Yeah. If they slip down a little bit and they have head, oh, they're out. Goodbye. Yeah. They're done. Yeah, you, then, see, they're see not going to listen to me in the podcast. Exactly. You right now on the podcast. Imagine <laughs> hey, now. Russell, Russell right. coming here, there's going to be like a stump. Just a big wooden box. That was the best episode we've ever had. Yeah. Uh, uh, before we go to our, our yes. next segment, this has got to stop. I do want to touch on, because uh, I rewatched it again today, when you roasted Ben Shapiro at that event. And uh, what event was that? Was It wasn't a roast of him specifically, was it? <clears throat> it was Commentary Magazine. This, like, I don't know, I don't know how to describe them. It's kind of right-wingy, Jewish... Uh, magazine, very heady and very like intellectual with these huge words um, and these articles that just go forever and ever about like the neo blah blah blahism of of new reconstructionist uh, Democrats and uh, uh, things that I have no idea what they're talking about. But they do a fundraiser every year at uh, at the plaza and they roast somebody. So the first year they did Joe Lieberman. I did that roast and it was really good. And then I think I went a little hard on the Ben Shapiro. I never got back in. in there. So, well, again. I think you, I watched, because you did go, a, I think, a good heart. I mean, I think Ben Shapiro First of all, doesn't deserve even the fun of being roasted. I think he is scum on the bottom of a shoe. I hate the man. I think he's ridden. I hate him. And I. that's why I liked how hard you went. I mean, you had a line. You said, uh, no one's inspired more anti-Semitism uh, ben Shapiro's inspired more anti-Semitism than, than Jeffrey Epstein and someone else. Yeah. And then you said at least Jeffrey Epstein had the decency to kill himself. And and I was like, yeah, that's that's the level you got to go if you got someone like Ben Shapiro. 
Yeah, it, but uh, you know, it was a room full of people that loved him, and it was in a sweet way and and funny. It wasn't just being up there, and it was. Um, and I will tell you that most of that roast was written by my rabbi. Good. And Leo had a few lines in there too. I had I had a few lines in there too, but they all. They all pull, we all pulled together to write, to, to write that roast and the Lieberman roast also. Leo's Jewish? No. Really? No. He must love, love. Does he know all the things now? He knows more than anybody than you know. He could literally, he could really, I, I was going to say, Paskin really tell you, he knows everything. Everything. That's so fascinating. Did he, see, did he convert? Did he do any of the no, things? No, I don't need him Jewish. Is he circumcised? What are you really? What are you? Are you? Is this where you're going to take me to on, on your on your podcast? Yeah, go back to your father on the uh, flying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Horrible. Go um, fly with your father. You had some thoughts on Ashkenazi Jews that you always tell me about. Um, yeah, I think we can save them for another episode. Sure, though. sure. Yeah. That, that's the one's going to get you. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's go to our next segment. I've been here since Monday. This has got to stop. This has got to stop. You got a thing that's got to stop. I I know Leo told you about this. I know. Yeah. The, oh, did that, that was it? You, you played the theme song for this segment? Yeah. I, I don't have my earphones on. Oh, sorry. No problem. I'm sure it's adorable, the song. Um, <laughs> I got to stop. What's got to stop? The barking from the neighbor's dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that Russell's, Russell's, he's, he's pro dog. Um, <laughs> I, had, I have something for the other one, but I, I the, for this one, I, what's got to stop without being hacky? Um, you know what's got to stop? Mm. Do you know what's got to stop? We were talking about this before. I love to drive. I love to drive, period. I love to get a nice, I have a nice, nice fat car. I got a beautiful car. I love to drive. I don't mind driving. I enjoy it. And since COVID, during COVID, you would drive. You'd be the only one on the road. So we live right here by the BQE, and we used to get on the BQE to go shopping in Long Island. In the big supermarket, you were scared because mm-hmm. you yeah. wanted to have spe- We used to go to these big supermarkets in Long Island. So there was nobody on the road. Just to be on the on the Long Island Expressway alone, it was so fun. It was so great. When people came back, you'd think they'd come back a little more calm. People came back insane on the road. And now they're doing these racing. So you're on the road, all of a sudden, like right by you. They're racing. That They know the cops aren't stopping because cops aren't stopping anybody anymore because they don't want to deal with, they don't want to deal with somebody racing. They're dealing with dog poop. Yeah, they're dealing with dog poop. <laughs> Um, so this racing on the highway has got to stop. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you, tr- yeah. tr- yes, you know, they, I do. And they okay. do it up in my neighborhood because it's, it's, it goes off one of those highways and people come off, go quick and then they get back onto it. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, you're, you're, race, you're on the racing. highway in the middle lane or in the, now if you're, if you're in the, in the, in the left lane, which is the faster lane, mm-hmm. they go around you and then you see the guy he's racing with coming through also. Yeah. And it's so unhinged. They're ra- they're actually racing. They're actually yeah. racing. Yeah. Oh. Right. People it's are like racing. racing gangs. It's like Fast and Furious. Basically. It's... But not it not as yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, fast or furious. But oh, yeah, that's awful. Sometimes yeah. they, they like f- 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 and then like oh, it's just traffic, they're just sitting there all of a sudden. So they just they just did ninety miles an hour to stand in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's so insane. It's that has to stop. I don't know how, but they has yeah, to stop. This seems like one thing the police should should do. One thing people could get behind. Yeah. For once. The police uh after defund the police, the police said, have fun. We're done. Sure. Yeah. Well well that's that's good. That's good policing. They go, yeah. Oh, you don't like us? Well they then we won't do money. our jobs yeah. anymore. Great. Yeah. Um 
Uh, all right. Uh, before, oh yes, let me go to the. No, here's what I want to do first. So this is my Patreon idea. Okay. Oh, and, Patreon. and you don't you don't have to participate if you don't want. I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the names of the patrons on the screen now. This is on YouTube. Oh. Okay. And what I want to do to fill the time underneath real quick <laughs> is I wanted to tell. Uh, I love street jokes. I love street jokes. And I tell the one that you told me on your podcast. And if you have if you have any after I tell this one, feel free. A Jewish one, you don't have any street jokes. Do not. But but we're What's gonna a street start joke. Know what a street joke. A street is. joke. It's a joke you tell uh, uh, at the barber shop. I'll tell the one you told me if you but think was, of another Jewish one. Let me hear. Uh, uh, this is Modi's, not me. A priest and a rabbi are on the bench. A little boy runs by. The priest says to the rabbi, "Hey, you want to fuck him?" And the rabbi says, "Out of what?" That's a good one. You told me that one. Yeah. I told it to you much better, though. <laughs> what do you mean? I, when you did the voices? You're, you did you're right. It, you you're did right. It, the, the priest said, you hello. Did it, you did it acting class. You did it like an acting class. <laughs> I overacted the street show? You did it. It's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got another... Tell me another Jew, Jew First joke. First of all, when you're telling a joke like this, imagine you're speaking in Yiddish. Mm. It's, it's so much better. It's so much better. So if you know, there's a joke. A couple's having dinner in a restaurant. Over to the table comes this beautiful woman. Over to the table comes a, a woman. Over to, it's Yiddish. Tintish kimt. It's literally in Yiddish. Would you ever say the words over to the table comes this beautiful woman? No. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. A beautiful woman walked over to the table. Sure. Right, but they, they, in Yiddish it's backwards, so I it see. makes it so much funnier. So much funnier. Can you anyway, tell me the punchline to this joke? What I'm happened with a beautiful the woman? No, no, tell me what happened no, with a beautiful I'm woman. I'm doing this. You guys are going to clean up on Patreon and, and my jokes. As is, he, <laughs> he's got the priest. No, the around. street joke. The street joke is you have a joke that's not your joke. Patrons are off the screen now. It's just you. No, these aren't my jokes. Those are jokes that are out there. You tell me, tell me a joke that's out there. You must know all the good Jew ones. Oh, come on. Tell me one good Jew one, please. I tell that joke all the time. That's the one you get? I'll give you another one then. 90-year-old man marries a 60-year-old woman. On the wedding night, she says to him, Irving, come upstairs and make love to me. Irving says, I can't do both. <laughs> I like that one. That's a good one. You can steal that too. Yeah. Don't credit me on your Twitter either. Just, put, just take all my ass, put on Twitter, and don't credit me. Our final segment is music playing now. You better count your blessing. You better count your blessing. I uh, I got a blessing, and I think uh, uh, it's it's a it's a it's a different one. I fly a lot. Not a good sleeper. I've always struggled sleeping. I had a flew to Arizona on the middle seat, terrible. Wow. And I finally found the sleeping position that works for me. Mm. And it is it is head back like this. And it's changed my life. And I don't know if I don't know if I'm able to sleep better now because I'm older and my body's more tired and it needs it more. Mm. But but I was able both times, it's I'm sure it looks horrifying. It looks disgusting. Yeah. But just head back. With and it works like a child. You had the little pillow? They had the little pillow or no? I don't even think I need I don't even think I like the pillow. You don't I think need that. I think I like oh, wow. I need the feeling of its back. <laughs> How but are I, you in the middle seat? How are you in the middle seat? Because I, I if I fly Delta, I get something good, but I, they didn't have good flights. And you know, I could pay more. Yes. But you know. One time I had I had LOL, a comedy club where I would work in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Garbage, but like some Hasids would come 
to the late show. Well, usually just all all guys. Once in a while, a couple, mm-hmm. but and they were not good audience members. No, oh, terrible. But I said one at one point early in comedy, I said to this guy, I said, "Oh, do you guys smoke pot?" And he stood up. He said, "He said no, but we'll sell it." And I was like, "God damn it, dude! What? The, you can't say that. You can't say it like that with the accent and everything. We got an image to uphold." But he said it. No, but I'll sell it. I uh, I did a show in time for a Hasidic audience, and I, it was right when the vaccines were coming. I go, is anybody here vaccinated? Just like just because they go, no, but he can sell you if you want. He had the vaccines to sell. <laughs> it was literally that. <laughs> oh my god! All right, ever, what's the next segment? Like, we got to wrap this yeah, up. Okay, I yeah. What's, what's your blessing? I've, I've been, and this is the longest podcast on earth. <laughs> What's your blessing? Uh, real quick, um, I uh, I was struggling before vacation with audience stuff for the show I'm doing, um, and I, it's been just taking that a little time off. It's been night and day difference. I've been having a great time doing the show. Um, I'm having so much fun. Audience has been great, and um, I'm thankful for that. Great. Yeah. Much what do you have a blessing space. for us? Have a blessing for you? Yeah. Oh, so, so, I'm blessed. Yeah, my comedy special. Just we just did it. That's such a blessing that it's over. It's done. It's. Wow, it's yeah. it's it's like giving birth. It was like unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unbelievable. I, that's why I need to film it. I need to give birth. I got a I got mm. a twenty eight month baby in my stomach, <laughs> and it is. I think it's stillborn. Um, all right, anything you want to plug? This is yes. coming out on uh, May twenty third. Okay, so uh, modilive.com for all uh, all the shows. We added a show in Paris. We added a show in um, uh, Seattle. I, I'm doing a May, so this is, all the shows might be sold out by then, but I'm doing a West Coast tour starting from Vancouver, Seattle, San Francisco, uh, LA, the Saban Theater, sold out, and then um, Chicago. We might be adding another show there because I sold that, theater out as well and then uh going to a bunch of shows in new york and, and the most important town hall for december 21st my christmas show my my holiday show holidays show we call it because mm. there's nobody christmasing in there uh it's going on sale um this tomorrow oh my god yes tomorrow it's going on sale which is going to be a week after uh, to whatever sure. whatever it anyway it's going to be on modylive.com get your tickets find out um where i'm performing near you and be the friend that brings the friends to the comedy show that's Mashiach energy and if and if you steal that line from me I will break through this door and smash your little machine into the wall and call your landlord if I if I changed my brand fully to Mashiach energy I, I can't even say the word it would Mashiach, be a real struggle Mashiach energy Mashiach energy Mashiach energy exactly uh, uh, what do you want to plug uh, come see Titanic the musical at the Daryl Roth Theater uh, for me, I'm headlining Hilarities in Cleveland this weekend. Tickets, I'm sure, still available. Indianapolis, <laughs> the weekend after that. And uh, London's doing great. We just added a yeah. third show in London. Where uh, in no, London? Where in uh, London? Soho Theater. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. we had a third show, uh, uh, November Amazing. 3rd, and I, I hopefully by then, maybe even a, a fourth. And then see me in L.A. September 25th at the Hollywood Improv. And uh, remember, guy, be the friend that brings 10 friends to the show. Yeah. Be the friend that buys tickets and you don't even have. <laughs> Stink. You're listening to The Downside. The Downside. With John Marco Cerezi.